Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Texas Time, and 9.40 Michigan and East Coast Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, and I come to you with an education background, but I've had a a lifelong interest in health and nutrition and exercise since I had grandparents that were not in really, they weren't in poor health, but they weren't in really great health when I was in high school, and I knew I didn't want to travel down some of the paths that they were traveling down at that point. And so there it is. I just, I going, what can I do to prevent having diabetes and heart disease? And so here I am. Many years later, still working to refine my lifestyle. So, when your first, if you ever miss any of these calls, you can pick them up on sound, S O U N D, cloud, C L O U D, put in TR90, and Frank, F R A N K, Lomas, L O M A S, and these calls will pop up. They're archived back more than nine years. If you get your podcast through a different uh, podcast service. Again, if you put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, TR90, or Solutions for Digit 4 Anti-Aging, these calls could well pop up as well. The last several months, almost the last year, we've been putting in not only the host name, but the topic of the call. So if you have a particular call that you missed that you want to go back and listen to, or a meditation, um, those topics are in there so that it will make it a little bit easier for you to find what you're looking for. So as I said, I'm out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, huge interest in health and nutrition and exercise. And I came into the TR90 program through the R90 program, which was the immediate predecessor. And the R90, the redesign in 90 did not work for me. Um, at that point, I was already exercising over heavily over four and a half hours a week, and the body shaping that I had was not making me happy at all, and I had been working on it for a good number of years at that point. TR90 program comes in. They added in the shakes. They added in the uh, supplements. And for me, that made the world a difference. I did not lose an ounce of weight. Now, realize that when you're stepping on the scales and you're looking at the numbers, weight really isn't what you should be worried about. It should be the inches, and that's the reason why they recommend you do both weighing yourself on like an online scale so you can get your percentage of weight back and doing measurements of various parts of your body to make sure that uh, the program's really working for you. I lost over 20 body inches in six months, and that um, and that was just because they changed the program, added in the shakes, they added in the supplements, and that for me made a huge amount of difference. Like I said, I did not lose one ounce, but I did lose body inches, which meant that I dropped several dress sizes, and I was looking fantastic at that point. The other thing that I found for me to be true because of the supplements, I think that they actually helped um, with my migraines because 
after six months, a friend of mine turned to me and says, you haven't talked about getting any headaches lately. And I stopped to think about it. I'm going, wait a second, I haven't had any since I started the TR90 program. So while that's my personal experience, your experience may be different. Um, just, just saying that. So when you're first starting out with that TR90 program, you've got a really good lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at least three of those meals. If you're a really large person, you may want to add, increase the number of grams of protein per meal or add a fourth meal with 30 grams of protein. Um, that might help it work a little more efficiently and effectively for you. Taking the supplement 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is always optimum. If you're not able to do that, take them when you can or immediately or take them with your meal. I found that as a substitute teacher, I could not always guarantee when I could take uh, get my noontime meal. And so I ended up taking the supplements with my meal just because that way I didn't forget. So it's more important to take them than to forget them. With that being said, I'm always, uh, so taking your supplements, seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. They give you micronutrients, macronutrients, and a lot of fiber, especially on the closer to the source of um, the fruit and vegetable in its natural state as you can possibly get. Generally has more fiber, more vitamins, so and nutrients. Seven to nine hours of rest daily is another key component to this program. If you're not getting adequate sleep, you're not able to make really good decisions. If you're not able to make good decisions, then you're self-sabotaging. And so that, that is one of the things that I really, even last night I struggled with it because I only got six and a half hours sleep last night because my schedule kind of got upended on me yesterday unexpectedly. But I'm hoping to get a little bit of a nap later today that will help make up for that. Um, that sleep deficit, as it accrues throughout the week, it can get really bad and cause all kinds of problems. It shifts your body's metabolism, so it's really key to get that good, adequate sleep. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise, at least five days a week. Um, you keep hearing Frank saying that he and Jennifer have been out um, almost 1,400 days now, I think probably more than that at this point, of hashtag no days off. Um, they started as a 30-day challenge to see if they could do 30 minutes of exercise without taking any days off. And it helps not only with your mental health, but it really helps keep your body tone and limber. If you mix it up, then you've got... Um, you got, you're working different body muscles, and that really is a good thing. I like to mix it up between the weight-bearing and the, and the aerobic just because I want to be well-balanced as I get older. Getting outside walking in the fresh air is always a good thing because fresh air has some micronutrients actually in the air that is good for you, especially if you're walking in a forested or a uh, area where there's a lot of vegetation because that vegetation gives out something, and scientists are still working to figure out the total thing on that, but there are things that are really beneficial to your physical health, but also your mental health. The other item 
that's a part of this program is drinking plenty of fluid to stay hydrated. Best water to, our best thing to drink is water. Um, the current thinking is at least one ounce for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily, which is really key. That water clears out toxins. Your body does some system resets um, while you're sleeping, so that's another reason why you want to get that adequate rest and get it, the deep rest, which is really good. So with that being said, I have been sharing some information with you. I have a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, and Lustig is L-U-S-T-I-G. He's an MD and an MSL. And I started sharing with you the political history of how our food system got to where it's at now and why it's really important for us to um, be reading those labels and keeping a good mindset as we're moving forward. So the law is a powerful tool because of its demand. it demands facts, something that science can supply. By nature, I'm not a litigious person, but lawsuits are a great way to get the food industry and the government's attention, and maybe even to get them to do, quote, the right thing. Because the court effectively muzzles the opposing lobbyists. Most legal action in the field of public health has revolved around the question of negligence or failure to warn. Can either the food industry or institutions that push problem foods onto our vulnerable populations be held liable? Hmm, that's a good thought. Various avenues for state-by-state state change are being considered, for instance, lawsuits in Washington State have been successful against school boards that accept money from soft drink companies in exchange for exclusive vending rights. Other possible lawsuits with public value include going against public education officials who cut physical education from the school curriculum and against insurance plan, health plans that are not covering medically necessary weight loss treatments. What follows are some more ideas that might have quote unquote legs in public in the public health arena to help curb obesity. What about suing the FDA to revise the Nutrition Labeling and Education Act of 1990? Although food labeling has minimal effect on purchases, it couldn't hurt. The current labeling system around since 1990 hasn't done anything to curb the obesity, pan or obesity epidemic. The current labels do not convey the important facts that public needs to make a conscious, healthy decision because it's in What's in the food isn't important. All the real foods have inherent value. What the label should tell you is what's been added to or subtracted from the food to make it more or less obesogenic. An example of such a food label, uh, uh, I will be actually reading through that, is... Uh, presented in figure 21.2, 
And so the nutrition label for a bag of normal salted potato chips. So it says this package contains 1,292 calories, 85 grams of fat, 25 grams of that fat is saturated fat, or 132% of the um, recommended daily allowance. 113 grams of carbs. There's no added sugar. There's no trans fat. 1,192 milligrams of sodium. And of that sodium, 1,190 milligrams of that sodium is added, and that's half of your daily allowance. Two grams of fiber. There were 12 grams of fiber removed from this particular package. And seven grams of protein, which represents about 14% of your daily requirement. Five percent calcium, 20% iron, 70% of vitamin A, and no vitamin C. So on the other one, which is the typical power bar, and realize those are just um, health bars masquerading as um, they're masquerading as health bars. This bar contains 247 calories, and they say that it should only be about a third of your meal, not your whole meal. Two grams of fat, one gram of saturated fat with no trans fats, total of 3% of your daily requirement. 47 grams of carbs, 16 grams of sugar that's been added, 99 milligrams of sodium, 80 milligrams of sodium have been added, so they've added sugar, they've added sodium to help preserve it. Six grams of fiber, two grams of fiber added. Oh, but if it's a power bar, why would they need to be adding fiber? Hmm. That has 16% of your daily allowance. 10 grams of protein, which is about 20%, they say, of what you need for a meal. And the total calcium is 34% calcium, 44% iron, no vitamin A, and 105% of the vitamin C. So in addition to listing total nutrients, an alternative food label might include added and subtracted nutrients to tell more of the whole story. And these just are a sample label, courtesy of the Joy Brunel Goose Rock Creek. Alternatively, the traffic light Food labeling system is a method for influencing the nutritional quality of processed food through a simplification of the nutritional attributes of the product. Red is for products that should be consumed in small amounts or not at all. The Coca-Cola label is already red, so that should be easy. Yellow for food types that should be consumed in moderation, for instance, whole grains. And green for food that can be consumed anytime, fruits and vegetables. This method could be applied to three nutritional areas of common concern to the public at large, to the fat, sugar, and salt. The more green lights displayed, the healthier the product. The problem here is that the food industry may attempt to alter the food specifically by quantitatively tinkering with its nutritional profile. My plate, which, which replaced the USDA's food permit, calls for 50% fruits and vegetables, 25% whole grain 
carbohydrates, and 25% protein. A marked improvement, and as an aside, almost identical to the plate model, our clinic at the UC, UC San Francisco has used for the last nine years. But the USDA still forges nutritional policy, which is still faulty. And in 2008, I stood for membership on the 2010 Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee, or the DGAC. I asked my friend and 2005 DGAC chairperson, Janet King, if she was going to stand for membership again, and she said, absolutely not. I am tired and frustrated. She elaborated. Our committee submitted a 480-page document. Of those, there were 80 pages on sugar and 80 pages on fiber. When the final document was approved by the USDA, the document was 80 pages total. The sections on both the sugar and the fiber, gone. How can they do that? Didn't you have any recourse, I asked? We're an advisory committee, she said. We have no teeth. The question is why is the USDA in charge of the country's nutrition anyway? Well, in 2003, the Chicago Tri Tribune recorded the comments of Senator Peter Fitzgerald, Republican of Illinois at that time. The primary mission of the USDA is, after all, to promote the sale of agricultural products. So putting the USDA in charge of dietary advice is in some respects like putting the fox in charge of the hen house. So who should be in charge of our nutrition? How could anyone without a vested interest in pushing the poison? Hmm. So I'm going to stop there for today since I see that I've already run over. I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. And if you have any thoughts or comments, I am all ears to hear. So it's been very interesting to see how the politics behind the laws that we've gotten so far are really shaping up. And it's sad to say, it's not looking good. If you want to scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live at this time, one of our leaders should be giving out information on how to build a new skin business, if that's something you're interested in. Other than that, I want to wish you a really great day. Go out and get at least 30 minutes of that moderate heavy, heavy exercise. Outdoors is best, but if you have to exercise indoors, not the end of the world. It just means you're missing some of the um, endorphins and things that are in the great out of doors. With that, I'm going to uh, let you all go and get started with my day. Hope you have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow, and I'll pick up where I left off. Thank you, Susan. See you tomorrow. Bye.